Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. We rejoice and are glad. We pray that you give us mercy, that you give us your word this morning, that your word would be a lamp unto our feet. Give us understanding, Lord. Let us see the way you see. Let us live the way you want us to live, Lord, where there's no regrets and where your glory shines brighter and brighter. You have promised us as we look at Jesus and we conform to his image, we shall go from triumph to triumph, from victory to victory, from glory to glory. There's no losing, Lord, serving and knowing you and honoring you. Father, we pray that shame would be farthest from our house, that destruction would be replaced by instruction, that we would honor you that we would value and appreciate the things that you value and appreciate, that we love the things you love and hate the things you hate, Lord. Forgive us our sins, O God. Wash us with the blood of Jesus every time we rise up in pride to think we know more than you and wander off into our own curiosities, Lord. Allow us to have eyes upon Jesus. Allow us to conform to his image and to fill the earth with his glory, with your glory, O God. We give you thanks for your purpose in our lives. Thank you for marriage. Thank you for family. Thank you for children. Father God, those who lose treasure upon the earth, Father God, later on want it back and there's no room for it, oh God. There's no room for repentance many times. You give us an opportunity to serve and to know you. Allow your word this morning to be a lamp unto our feet, a good seed planted in good hearts that would bring forth good fruit. We are the salt of the earth, the light of the world, Lord. We pray, Father God, that we would increase ever brighter, that our light would shine brighter, that our, the tr- your truth would be more of a reality in our lives, Lord. And we know, Father God, that you're able to sustain us in your grace to fulfill these things. Prosper your word in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. We initiated on October 1st this Pastor Appreciation Month, and a lot of people who know about pastors understand this life and there are some people that don't understand. We were in Dominican Republic about six months ago with Pastor Richie. And uh, one of the secular radio stations, the girl looks at me and she says, I don't need a pastor. Who needs a pastor? I said, you don't need a pastor because you're a goat. Goats no, don't need pastors because they're always doing their own thing and they're eating their own way at things. Um, A gentleman brought me a book back from Israel. He says, Pastor, I'll be going to Israel with my family. When I come back, what do you want? And I said, just bring me back a book. So he came back with a book. And as I started reading this book about the history of Israel, it says like this. This is a book. It says, because the Arabs brought in the goats, everywhere you find ruins is the overpopulation of goats. I don't know if you've seen this on the internet or not, but maybe we could find it. The media back there could find me a picture on Google about how the goats are standing on trees. And you'll see this all over Israel. The goats go up on trees and they start going. They eat the the fruit, the flowers, the leaves, the branches, the trunk, and the roots. The, 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 The goats devoured the land that flows with milk and honey. And in that book that I was reading, it says, everywhere you find ruins, that means only rocks, is the effects 
of the black goats that were brought into Israel by the Arabs because Israel would shepherd sheep. Israel, the people of God, were uh, shepherds and uh, thus we see the shepherds on the field. When Jesus shows up, they're invited to uh, Bethlehem on the night Jesus was born. But no goats and, and obviously... Uh, there are goats in the population, and goats only know how to uh, ruin things. They don't know how to bless. Those are the goats right there. That's a picture of the goats in Israel, and they're on top of trees. And you'll see they grab the highest branch. They eat all the way down into the roots. Those trees disappear, and the only thing left are a bunch of rocks. So that's, what, that's, that's the context of why uh, Jesus in the Bible teaches that there's no goats in heaven. Uh, and there's no goats supposed to be in the house of God because all they know how to do is devour. You could give them anything. Uh, I think Pastor Oscar was sharing that a goat, you tie them to the, to the post here. They'll eat the post. They'll eat the chain. They'll eat your hand if you're not careful. And so we're not doing that. So in, in context to that and in contrast, we have the sheep. And the sheep love their shepherd. Uh, I felt the love of this congregation during the last uh, 70 days of my illness, um, and, and I, um, I, I know the, the affection and the prayers and the support that we've received in that regards, uh, not just in the last 70 days, uh, but in the last 21 years. Um, you, see, you see the blessing of shepherding sheep. is um, really powerful. But in that context, pastor appreciation, those of you that don't know pastors, those of you that can't appreciate pastors, um, Wednesday night was a powerful night here. Um, a lot of people says I'm too tired to go to church on Wednesday nights. Well, guess what? Your pastor has been tired for 21 years, and every Wednesday night prepares something that will bless your socks off. Amen. Every Wednesday night. And, and, and I know you drive far, but when you come to this place, and I had like three people tell me, I was so exhausted. I was going to stay home. I was tired, but I was revived when I got here. And when we saw what happened, we had all the pastors up here, and we heard the pastor's heart. And that, that brings a thrill to the life of sheep. Notwithstanding, we, we know that we're called to this place by God. If, if you're not called here by God, you must have missed some memo. You're not here because of me. I hope you're not here because of a relative or a family member. You're here because you have a divine call on your life from God. And that's, that's a scary thing. When God is calling you, some people act stupid and they act, well, I'm not. Listen, God has called us here and he hasn't called us here without purpose. God's, God has called us here together. That's a great thing we got here. To stay here is even more important because a lot of people leave. We've had 10,000 people leave this place in the last 21 years. We would be a 10,000 member strong church if people would have been faithful to their call. But they're all running. They're all hiding. They're all giving excuses. They're all somewhere else. I said, God called me. I will stay here to the last day, to the last breath. Because it's a calling of God. So if God called you this place, the next thing you need to do is open your ears wide to hear what God wants to tell you. And then God has put pastors at the forefront of this thing. One time my brother Jewel says, I've, I've been coming here for years. It was eight years into the ministry. He says, so many people have left. And then he tells me like this, you know who's the only one that can't leave? My brother tells me, the only one that can't leave is you. I don't know why that's the case. I had one brother here at the church says, Pastor, I'm keeping a close look on you because once you messed up once, I'm out of here. 
And I said, how many times could you mess up? And could I leave, please? <laughs> you can mess up all you want. I can't mess up. Well, that's not fair. But the call of God here upon this church is to change the world. And when we first started and told people, they said these people are crazy. But guess what? It's happening. It's happening all over the world. All over the world. People know that there's a serious place called Spring of Life where people take God serious. And so in this place, God has put shepherds. I'm going to go real quick. I'm not going to read all the verses, but I just want you to receive the word of the Lord. That God established this place. There's pastors here. There's an affection of appreciation. That means you value. You give value to the to those people that God has put at the forefront of this work. We have 11 pastors and their wives and their children that are being faithful to God. And, and when you have problems in your life, you're going to run, and hopefully we'll be here serving God and being faithful, and you'll eat off our lives. Somebody called me yesterday and says, Pastor, my house is a living nightmare. I said, because you don't do anything the Word says. See, joy, peace, and righteousness are for those who keep the word of God. Joy, peace, and righteousness is the kingdom of God. The kingdom means government. It means Jesus rules and reigns, and where Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords, and we're doing things that Jesus wants, there's peace. Say it with me, peace, joy, and righteousness. That's the kingdom of God. And whenever you're not joyful and you don't have peace and you don't have righteousness... Uh, somebody says, well, what's not righteousness? When your wife cheats on you. Ha, ha, ha. You like that? Oops, I don't know what happened. I lost my righteousness because the government of God was not in her heart. Where there's peace and joy and righteousness, that's the kingdom of God. It means Jesus is sitting at the forefront. Everybody's listening to Jesus. What did Jesus say? How does Jesus want it? We aim to please him in all things. So this government is established. The pastors are appointed. In Genesis chapter 4, we see the first two men, Cain and Abel, are brothers. Cain, the Bible says, the older brother brought an offering to the Lord that was not respected. So your worship could either be respected by God or disrespected. He could find honor in what you do for him or you don't find honor, and not finding honor makes you sad. His countenance was fallen. Abel's offering was accepted. The Bible says that what Abel brought, the younger brother, was a, a yearling. He brought a sheep, and he offered it to God as a sacrifice on the altar. But Cain just offered leftovers. It's like, what, whatever, I got to hurry up in church. You get here late. You leave early. You're really not in this place. You're just doing the ad hoc thing. And Lord looks at your service to him and he says, he doesn't have me in first place. I'm a good third or fourth. I'm not first place in this man's life. So sadness came on Cain's life. Abel was blessed and honored. And the Bible says in um, Genesis chapter 4, verse 6, the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry? Why are you frustrated? Why are you so annoyed? Why are you so sad? Why has your countenance fallen? Look, it has to be a curse for you to follow and serve God and continue with anxiety and sadness. You must not be doing it with a right heart. Because if you're going through the motions and you're not getting what you're supposed to get, it's a sad existence. And God says, look, why are you depressed? Why are you sad? Why are you frustrated? Why are you annoyed? If you do well, verse 7, if you do what's right, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is right there about to devour you. And its desire is to destroy you, but you should have, you should be on top of it. 
This is God's order. Listen, people, this is the first book of the Bible. This is day one. And guess what? God hasn't changed. God has not changed. We make it fancy. We have all types of excuses. I asked a man the other day, from one to ten, how are you serving God? He says, mm, a, a good four. I says, why? Why are you giving God a four? Why give God a five or a six or a seven? Why not give God a ten? Ask yourself the question, why don't you and your family give God a 10? Why? What's taking that place? What have you lifted that has greater promise than what God has promised? Am I getting excited? Is this good? Absolutely it's good. I'm going to give God 10. I'm going to give God 10. My, my wife will give God 10. My sons and daughters will give God 10. Why? He deserves a 10. Who did that for you? Who is calling you to another higher call? Appreciate your pastor. He's yelling this morning. Absolutely. Who gave you the, the thought that you could offer a four? I think a four is what you yell in golf when the ball is going the wrong way. Four. You're going to get hit on the head. A ten. Lord, help me give you a 10, Lord. Help me give you a 10, Lord. Let my kids see what's important in my life, Lord. A 10. Not, not a four. God bless fours. Jesus, where did they go wrong? Why did they go wrong? Why did Cain think he could offer just anything? What was in his thoughts? He just grabbed a couple roots and carrots and broccoli. And the other guy was giving the best of his fold. Pastor appreciation. Worship. These men that God has put at the forefront. He kills Abel. We all know that story. He's so upset. He's sad. The Bible says that he kills his brother. And then he becomes a wanderer. Leviticus chapter 10, there's a family there worshiping God. It's Aaron and his sons. Chapter 10 verse 1 says, the two sons of Aaron, they each took censers and they put a fire and they offered it to the Lord. Strange fire, unauthorized fire. Does your Bible say that? Does it say that they offered profane fire? They wanted to give God something God didn't ask for. Are you trying to give, you're trying to negotiate and manipulate and offer something that God has not commanded you? The Bible says that as soon as they did that, profane fire is fire that God had not commanded. Why do we do things God has not commanded? Chapter, uh, verse 2, it says that when they offered this fire, um, so fire went out from the Lord. Uh, you want fire? You want strange fire? You want unauthorized fire? God says, I'm consuming fire. I'm not going to let you come here and play games in my house with my people in my affairs. There was one lady came up to me yesterday because I've had a lot of visitation. Some lady came up to me and she says, look, the last thing I'll ever want is to be home taking care of a husband and children. I'd rather have five jobs outside of my house than to take care of my husband and my children. I said, you know why? How many think they know what the pastor told her? <laughs> 
I said, you know why you rather have four jobs than stay home and take care of your husband and your children and raise up a family for the glory of God? Because you are an f- African witch. No, I said freaking witch. A, a freaking witch. Listen, you got to be rebellious. That God gives you the most incredible thing and, and high call upon the earth. And you, I said, you know why I'm calling you a witch? And she, she doesn't come to this church. She wants to, she's being invited to, but I don't think she's going to make it. Uh, <laughs> So I said, you know why I'm telling you this? Because once you come to our church and you surround yourself by 100 young women and you say those words, you would have cursed 100 families. See, that's the thing. Is that I have nothing personal against her. But strange fire, profane fire, unauthorized fire. You light your candle and God will make sure that it is consumed from above. The fire went out from the Lord and devoured them. Who's them? The two sons of Aaron. Listen, I've got to say something because I don't have much more time, but it's a curse, the parents that haven't taught their children how to fear the Lord. That your children think that they could come and do whatever they want in the house of God, and they discounted God and discounted God's pastor and his ways and his government. It is so bizarre. And so this, how many, how many think that Aaron saw fire coming from heaven and killing his two sons right on the spot? How many think Aaron got upset? You lose your sons, you're going to be upset. And so he started throwing a pity party. And Aaron got super upset. And he was throwing a tantrum. But all of a sudden, verse 3, Moses tells Aaron, listen, you must have forgotten something. Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke, saying, by those who come near me, I must be regarded as something holy, as holy, And before all the people, I must be glorified. So Aaron held his peace because he was about to throw a tantrum. Now, let me ask you a question. Some people think, oh, I'm going to church today. I'm going to spring of life today. Listen, you guys are sitting in a very dangerous place right now. Super dangerous. Why? Because this place is God's house, God's people. And, and he doesn't play games. I, I know we play games, and we are very opinionated. And well, what would you, we do this? The other day we had a, a leadership meeting, and everybody sat down and says, hey, why don't, hey, why And I said, listen, I've been here for 21 years, going on 22. I haven't given my opinion yet because I want to hear God's opinion. And if any case one day comes to pass where we don't hear God's opinion and somebody's going to give an opinion, it's going to be my opinion first because I've been here the longest. <laughs> right? No, we're not doing what we want here. And the words we speak here are not Pastor Joaquin because he's a psychopath word. It's the word of God because he's consuming fire. And you, we don't want to be doing anything else. We don't want to start a circus. We could have done that a long time ago. We're not inviting clowns into this place. We're inviting people who fear God, who are being called to a very holy place where God says that I am to be uh, among those who Uh, are near me I will be sanctified and before all the people I will be glorified so there Aaron comes down and he starts um, he starts understanding God a little bit more I hope you understand God a little bit more a lot of people says that's Old Testament pastor let's go to the New Testament I will do that for you my friend because you asked Hebrews chapter 10 verse 31 the Bible says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God it is a terrifying thing. Since my, I have four children, three boys and a girl. The boys are 24, 23, 22. Girls, 20, uh, 19. She just turned 19. And since they were little children, this is all I told them all the time. I said, don't play with God. Don't play with God. 
play basketball, play soccer, and go to the pool and play, go to the park and play, but don't play with God. And I've told them that because it's a fearful thing. It says it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. Listen, once God strikes you for being a, a dishonor, once so you, you put up unauthorized fire, profane fire, once you start doing little black magic and you're doing your little, look at me now, look how God will take you out. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know where, but I promise you he'll He'll erase you from the planet Earth um, when we are causing these things. We in modern America and modern Christianity have lost the fear of God. We do things without regard to a God who is jealous. A God, the Bible says in Hebrews, that's 1031, but if we go to Hebrews 12:29, he says, let us serve God acceptably, verse 28, and then verse 29 says, why? Why would we want to serve God the way he wants us to serve us? He says, let us serve him in a way that's, for he is a consuming fire. He, he is, he's on fire. Um, I love that song. That girl is on fire. Listen to me. God is fire and and some of us forget and some of us don't know and some of us you know we play the silly and and a lot of preachers don't like to preach this sermon because they're, they're gonna scare people then people are not gonna feel that listen to me don't come to the house of god to get familiar with god familiar where you're saying ah oh, he's my he's my homeboy he's my he's my bff listen to me he's gonna light you on fire my friend don't get familiar in God's presence. Don't get common. If you see somebody like that, run. Don't be near them because God doesn't play. This is pastor appreciation. Uh, let's get back to the thing. Um, <laughs> he has given us pastors yes. to represent him. Yes. Pastors that, that are able to distinguish the things that God are pleased and God is not pleased. He says, uh, Deuteronomy 18. We got to go fast, fast. Deuteronomy 18. 18 verse 5, for God has chosen, let me see how it starts out. You guys put it up there for me. Deuteronomy 18, 5. For the Lord God has chosen leaders out of the tribes to stand to minister in the name of the Lord, him and his sons forever. God has appointed people like your pastors. Where did these guys come from? Somebody asked me, where, how'd you become who you become? Listen to me. There is a calling from on high that, that just put me in this direction here 36 years later, I'm a pastor. This didn't happen overnight, but I can tell you God has appointed me. God has chosen. God has put this. Verse 9, when you enter into these lands where you're traveling to go through, the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn and imitate the detestable practices of these nations. Don't learn the ways of the people that are not God's people. Don't Follow their abominations. You ask somebody who they listen to. Right? This is a great test. You get a friend and you say, hey, do you listen to anybody? They say, mm, no. Because the people in the world don't listen to anybody. And God's people listen to God's leaders. This is strange. This is sheep and shepherds. They have pastors. They're these men that God has appointed. He says, don't learn the ways of the other peoples. They, verse 10, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter go through the fire or use a divination or fortune telling. 
those who practice witchcraft and those who interpret omens and sorcerers, those who cast charms, spells, and mediums. Verse 11, the spiritist, the necromancer who seeks the dead, who, who, who consults with the dead, fortune tellers. Verse 12, for everyone who does these things is utterly repulsive to the Lord because of these detestable practices. The Lord is driving them out before you. But you, verse 13, shall be blameless. You shall be perfect before your God. Verse 14, for those nations which you dispossess, listen to those who practice witchcraft, fortune-telling, and diviners. But as for you, the Lord will not, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do these, live like that. So what did the Lord do? So we don't live like that. Verse 15, I will choose from among you. The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me who will be in your midst from your brethren, listen to him. You're not there chasing your tail, trying to figure out life. You got someone God has given you who knows God, who knows the word of God, and who gives you instruction in the way you should go. What is that? A gift of God. A gift that a lot of people don't like to hear. Pastor, can you do me one favor? Don't speak to me anymore. Because every time you speak to me, I cringe. I freak out. You scare me. I had one man who was here. He was here for 10 years. And he says, Pastor, uh, me and my family have decided we're leaving the church because we're going to go find a good church. I go, no, you're not going to go find a good church. You have a good church. So he left. I saw him three years later, two years later, three years later. And I said, so how are things going? He goes, great. I'm over at that church. And for two years, I have not spoken to the pastor once. You know what he's saying? I don't want to know what God wants me to know. I don't want to hear what God wants me to hear. I don't want to listen to God because every time God speaks, he's depriving me of what I want to do. That is called the will of God. If God wanted you to do your will, you didn't need Jesus. You didn't need the church. You don't need a pastor. But the church and Jesus and a pastor is not my will, thine be done. It's, it's a life to die that God might live. It's a life that you might die to your ways, that God's ways might live, that you might be crowned with glory, with favor, with prosperity, with God's blessing. If this was a Christian church, I'd get at least one amen, but that's fine. No, 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 no. don't push me, don't push me. Come on, we know where we're, hmm, hmm, that was, that was hard to chew on. Uh, I'll let somebody else swallow. Okay, watch this. Um, he says like this. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 4, no one takes this honor upon himself. I didn't say, I'm going to be the next man of God who will speak the word of God. No. It says, and no man takes this honor to be God's leader to himself, but who is called by God, just like Aaron and his children were called and appointed. Your issue is not with me, my friend. Your issue is with God. You're not fighting me. You're fighting God. Of many years ago, I had to surrender also and say, God, White flag, I want to do your will and not my own. So it goes again in Ezekiel chapter two, uh, 22, verse 26. It says, her priests do violence. How does a pastor, a prophet, a priest do violence? To my law and profane my holy things. Her priest, talking about the people of God, do violence against my law and profane my holy things. They have not distinguished between the holy and unholy. They have not drawn a line between the God, things that God blesses and the things God doesn't bless. A pastor's role is to splice the pie and say, what you're doing is from the pit of hell, my friend. What are you trying to do? 
Are you trying to do the devil's will? You want to see a nightmare for a long time? Well, a pastor is to distinguish, that's, that's the issue, the people who have got angry and have left this place is because one day they felt on the wrong side of that line. Said, you know something? One of the young girls we had in our youth group, her dad says, how dare you put my daughter, she's 14 years old, how dare you put her on discipline just because she went to the party boat on Bayside and you're too radical and you're too intense and we're leaving. You fast forward 10 years, the 14-year-old was 24. You know where she was? At Hugh Hefner's Playboy Mansion in California. Listen here. If you were to guess that that would be the end result of this young girl, you said, no, that would never happen. But at 14, she's at a play Bayside party, stupid party boat. That was the seed. 10 years later, she's at the Playboy Mansion with a pervert degenerate like Hugh Hefner. She stopped listening to her parents. She stopped listening to her church. She stopped listening to God. So my friend, you tell me that one little rebuke at 14 is a blessing of the Lord. And a stupid parent, a foolish parent who cannot foresee what God was trying to do is a curse. That little girl is probably 30 now, 30-something. She's wandering the earth without a pastor, without a shepherd, without a church, without parents. She's just a wayward. So God comes, pastor appreciation. Oh, this is a great time together with pastor. How many appreciate their pastor now? Absolutely. Absolutely. So he's to distinguish between the godly and the ungodly. Ezekiel 44, 23. The priest shall teach. 44, 23, Ezekiel. The priest shall teach my people the difference between that which is holy and that which is familiar. To teach them to distinguish between that which is unclean and that which is clean. My friend, you're a great parent, but you better listen to your pastor. You got great morals and you come from a great family, but you're headed for great destruction. And God has given you a gift of pastors in this house. There's 11 of them. Their wives, their children are following in the ways of their parents. He says in verse 24, any controversy that rises up, he shall act like a judge. And he shall judge it according to my judgment, says the Lord, according to my laws and my statutes, all my appointed meetings, and they shall be holy, my Sabbaths. Malachi chapter 2 verse 7 says, for out of the lips of my priest, from the mouth of those who represent me shall come knowledge and the people should seek the law from his mouth for he is the messenger of McDonald's. No, my friend, we don't represent McDonald's. We don't represent Burger King or IBM or the uh, Fox News or the, the Republican National Party. The Democrat. No, we represent God. Amen. We will speak to you the word of the Lord out of the um, Bible and the spirit of God with zeal. And when we have controversy is that you're a knucklehead. I don't know what the female word for knucklehead is, but I, I would say a knucky head. You know, there's some women that are just impossible. And all the women say, amen. Come on now, help me out. Help them, Lord. Absolutely. You are the source of controversy. The pastor loves you. The pastor loves you. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider their outcome, their way of life. Imitate their faith. Do what we do. Why? So you get what we have. Joy, peace, and righteousness. Serving God at 10. Who better? Who better? 
Hebrews 13, 17, obey your leaders, submit to them. They're keeping watch over your soul. They're going to give an account. They engage in spiritual warfare. Let them do so with joy so their eye doesn't close. Let them do so with joy, not with grief, for it would be unprofitable to you. Imagine from now on that you don't have access to hear from a man of God. And every time you call, I need to talk to the pastor. I go, click and click and click. And you're up to your own ways. You're going to have to find a witch or a warlock or a warped pastor that will tell you, yeah, oh, your wife got five jobs. Hey, she got promoted. Yeah. And your kids are sitting somewhere in the mud of isolation and abandonment. And they haven't seen a woman of God. A lot of men ask me, he says, Pastor, I can't find a daughter. I can't find a woman to marry. Uh, no, they say, I can't find a man to marry my daughter. A man to marry your daughter? You were supposed to disciple him. The reason you don't have a man to marry your daughter is because no man has been able to see your example. So now you can't find somebody good enough to marry your daughter. Because all they saw was a whip. <coughs> wimp. If you want a champion to marry your daughter, let him see a champion with another man's daughter. Is this too intense or what? It's on fire. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. Thank you that we can consider things that come from your word, things that will add life, peace, fruitfulness, victory, success, prosperity to our lives. We repent, Lord, for everything that doesn't line up to your word. And we pray for your mercy upon our lives, that this month would be an opportunity to honor those men you have put in this house, primarily all those men over the world that are called to shepherd your people, and allow us to be a reflection of those who take you serious, Lord. Father, forgive us and forego the use of fire to consume us when we have dishonored you, Lord. Bring us to repentance that we might turn and walk in your ways before it's too late. In Jesus' name we pray, and the house of God says amen, amen, amen and amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord.